Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. Glad you could be with us again. This is the place to grow and support your loving partnership. And as usual, we always have wonderful guests uh, join our show to give us a perspective on a certain aspect or aspects of relationship. And today we're going to talk about discovering your full potential through life balance and action in terms of how it relates to relationships. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about our guest. Her name is Betsy Mueller. She's a coach and best-selling author, and she's helped thousands of people discover their full potential in life balance and taking appropriate action in life that feels right. She lived decades of frantic imbalance while climbing the corporate ladder at several major industries. Before she jumped off to create her own business in 2005, Since then, she's overcome stage fright and technology terrors to address international audiences through speaking, TV, radio, and the web, of course. Betsy is an accredited master trainer and advanced practitioner of something called EFT, which are emotional freedom techniques, and she's the only advanced practitioner in the Midwest region. So Betsy puts her degrees to work. Um, In both ways, her degree, MBA in chemistry and her MBA, uh, both to work for her. So Betsy hates writing, but managed to create four books, including the Amazon bestseller, Energy Makeover, A Conscious Way to Stay Young, Have Fun and Get More Done, as well as a contributing author to the Clinical EFT Handbook. Betsy lives in Strongsville, Ohio, where she shares an empty nest with retired Cleveland Browns marketing director, George, her golden retriever, Gracie, and naughty kitten, Violet. Her proudest accomplishment is being the mom of two employed and happy college graduates who no longer ask for money. Her love of travel and culinary adventures has earned her a Level 6 Contributor and Restaurant Expert Awards on TripAdvisor. When she's not on the job... Betsy's working up a sweat in a natural setting overlooking beautiful water. So, Betsy Mueller, welcome to the Happiness Hangout. Sounds like a lovely life. Well, thanks, Lori. I I can say I've had my challenges, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. But but marriage has been, I guess, a, a blessing in my life. So I'm very happy to be here talking with you about relationships and particularly marriage today. Yes, I'm very excited for us to do this. And you bring another twist to it. Um, And I will tell our audience, Betsy and I know each other. I have used emotional freedom techniques. And for our audience who maybe isn't completely familiar with EFT, could you tell us what EFT is and what it does for us? Um, I'd be happy to. So in a very simple term, um, EFT, emotional freedom techniques, combines the benefits of cognitive therapy or talk therapy with the amazing um, acceleration of healing that comes from tapping on specific meridian balance points on the, the face and the torso. So it looks a little bit odd, but actually it's a process that can be used to um, neutralize physical pain, 
to reduce uh, physical and emotional stress, and most importantly, to um, ease memories that uh, originated with something traumatic in your past, as far back as your childhood, or maybe more recently in terms of a breakup. And those emotional things are things that, you know, set us up for how we go through life. Um, what we believe about the world. And to the extent that you can get that trauma out of your past, you can move forward in a much more neutral, balanced, open way um, and feel good. Actually, one of the best benefits of using emotional freedom techniques, I would say, is that there is a physical uh, balance that happens in your body that helps you age really well. And I think that's why I was attracted to it when I first encountered it in 2001 at a meeting, I looked around this room in Switzerland where I was and all these people, I knew they must be older than me, but they had this like glow to them um, and they were so vibrant and healthy. I, I just wanted to know what they practiced and it turned out to be quite easy. So that's how I got started and I tap every day and I, even today, had a breakthrough with a client that you never know, but um, big stuff can just kind of fall away with EFT when other things don't work. And it's natural. Better than drugs. <laughs> and Yeah. And that's amazing um, because I've done it several times. I know you can do it quickly, but for our um, folks listening who are trying to get a visual – as Betsy said, you are tapping on certain areas of the body and it doesn't, it's just your two fingers. Can you, can you actually describe it? So, so our audience could get a visual look of how tap, what tapping looks like. Well, um, I think at the end of the program, we'll give you a, a link to my biz TV show channel because I, I probably have like 30 or 40 videos up on there where you can actually see me doing EFT, but, but basically the tapping points, are the inner eyebrow points. So you would tap on the points where you would pluck so you don't have a unibrow. <laughs> you would also tap at the side of your eyes, um, the outer corner of your eye, right on the orbital bone. You would tap under the eye, also on the orbital bone, right below the center of your, your uh, colored part of your eye. And then um, tap below your nose or above your lip, I guess you could call it that either way. And then below your lip, that's another point. And then we also tap um, on our, right below our collarbones on the chest. It's really like on the upper portion of your rib cage. And then you tap under your armpit, about three or four inches below your armpit on either side. So those are the points. Um, and it just, it's odd. I think that's the biggest thing people have to get over. Um, but what I love to tell people now is there are approximately 100 clinical studies that have showed pretty much near 100% effectiveness of this technique on things like weight loss, things like post-traumatic stress, things like pain, depression, uh, fears and phobias. And the list goes on and on. Um, it takes a while to do the research, and it is a fairly re relatively new uh, modality. Uh, but there are no side effects other than good side effects, I would say. Um, and so I would encourage everyone to look for it, uh, look for a certified practitioner. And, and in my case, I'm a master trainer, so I train practitioners and 
I'm always happy to help people find a practitioner if they want to know more. Well, that's wonderful. And like I said, I've done it several times. And basically, you're taking the first two fingers of both hands and tapping, correct? Right, right. Yeah. So it isn't painful. I mean, it is, it's done, you, you get a natural flow for how, how, how hard you have to tap, but it's not hard at all. Right. Yeah. It's seven to 10 times per point on the body and you just move through and, and actually it's combined with using statements, using words and statements. And that's a little more than we can go into on right. this call. Right. And you know, th- I wanted people to have a little bit of a, of a mindset of when, what we're talking about today, because we're specifically talking about the relationships part. Now, obviously, you can use EFT for so many things. And so many of the things that you said, Betsy, of probably every one of them affects relationships. Here we're talking about loving partnerships. But if you've got PTSD, if you've got, if you're blocked in any way, if you have um, trauma from the past, it all affects how you treat your partner, how you treat yourself, et cetera. So this is a very cool conversation. Um, one that I've never really had before. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. So let's get into it a little bit. Um, so you use EFT obviously every day, like you said, I heard you say recently that you were standing around waiting for something, coffee to get done or your drink to get done. And you were tapping. You're like, why am I standing here not doing this? So <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, you, we just talked about that. And so it's in your life, you know, all day, every day. How does it, um, how does it affect your life in terms of, you know, y- your marriage to George, health, happiness? It, it obviously keeps you in balance. So, so every day as you go along, when you feel like you're getting a lot of, a little bit out of balance because the world, you know, comes at us and it's our job to do what we need to do for ourselves to keep ourselves in balance. Do you find that tapping or certain regimens that you do help kind of get that all back in balance as quickly as possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I wrote a whole book on balance and a lot of the processes I use. EFT isn't the only one, but EFT is a very effective way, especially for those things that are the crescendos of horribleness in your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, um, my husband had a cardiac arrest in June while we were on vacation. Um, I, I can't even list the number of times I was traumatized when that happened. I mean, the first one was when he was missing, he didn't show up when he was supposed to, because he was out running and he, he died. Um, and how I had to call 911 to find out where he was. And my heart's pounding. Um, I could have been tapping at that time, and I was paralyzed. But after, well, and I should finish the story here. My husband's okay. My husband was revived. We went through two weeks of ICU out of town. But you can imagine there were many, many situations where um, I was being traumatized. So once I was able to get my act together every morning before I went to ICU and really every day I would go back to the worst parts of that situation and admit them. So you use statements like, even though I'm still, or, or even though I'm, I'm so scared about what's going to happen today, that would be a typical statement I would make. I would finish that statement with, um, I love and accept myself. 
and I'm, I'm, let me be who I need to be today. And, and that was basically the statement I used to tap all my points, even though I'm terrified and I don't know what's going to happen today. Let me be who I need to be today. Tap, 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 tap. And believe it or not, when you tap on these points, you're lowering your cortisol levels. There was a study that was done that showed that just tapping lowered cortisol better than a meditation class or an hour of napping. I don't have an I don't have time for an hour of napping, especially when you're going through a crisis, right? Right. So, yeah. But you know, other things that I do that I would recommend to all your listeners. And this will improve your relationships because if you are more balanced and more centered and more um, neutral, you don't even have to be high and up. You need to be neutral so you can be clear. Mm -hmm. Two glasses of water when you wake up in the morning. Hydration is so important for your brain to work, for you to be able to maybe edit what you say to your partner instead of saying (laughs) something on your mind. So that's one way to start. Also, it's very good for your skin. So you look younger. We all want to look younger. And then the other thing I do, I I stumbled upon these exercises. They're called the five Tibetan fountain of youth exercises. I do those every day before I, before I even get in the shower and they're pretty hard, but they're really good because they stimulate points on your spine and they keep you limber and they really work your core. So, um, but they work your endocrine system and your chakras. So mm-hmm. probably way, way past what some of the people in the audience understand. But if you uh, if you check out the book, the five, um, let's see, I, I have a, a video of it on YouTube, uh, the five Tibetans demonstrated. I think if you Google that on YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, but they're pretty cool exercises. Just that would be a good tip. And then Donna Eden's five minute energy routine. Um, I have a video of that on my Biz TV channel. Um, that is a wonderful routine. And since my husband had a brain injury from his cardiac arrest, um, he's still in rehab, but he's doing really well. He's he's just about back to normal. But I make him do the five-minute energy routine with me every day because it helps balance the left and right side of your body and your brain. And it helps you with coordination. And it helps you feel good. So who wouldn't want that, Right. Oh my goodness! So, well, in and, case anybody is, I want to just mention the Biz TV shows. We're going to mention it again later, but it's um, HTTP. There's no W's. It's N E O N E for Northeast Ohio. N E Ohio B I Z T V Shows dot com. So if anybody is wanting to write that down right now, it's Northeast. It's just N E Ohio B I Z T V Shows dot com. So I'm sorry. What else were you going to say, Betsy? Well, and, and when they go on to Biz TV shows, they'll need to look look up my name, Betsy Muller, and they as the show host, and then they can see all the videos. And it's all it's totally free. So that's a good place to go. Or if you follow me on Facebook, I, I post the videos and there's always a link. So if you get one of the videos, you can find all the other videos. That's wonderful. Um, I think this is just great. These are great tips. And although the Tibetan exercises might be a little tougher, um, you know, you you work them as you can. You, the energy makeover, these are things that just make sense to do. And the water, oh my gosh. I mean, water alone 
does 80 different things for your body. So um, this is, it's wonderful information to remind us, you know, to do, to get yourself in the right headspace to deal with life and everybody in it. And the last thing we want to do is start off our day um, barking at our spouse or our loved one, significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. So wonderful. So you've been married to George and that is just, that is just an amazing story of how just to watch him, um, the, uh, Betsy and I are Facebook friends, and just to see him uh, improving the way he is. And I'm sure, you know, your your skills and what you bring to the table has been so much a part of that. Um, it, it's amazing. So you've been married for 33 years. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget something. You know, oftentimes with my guests, I don't know my guests in person. Luckily for me, I do know Betsy um, for several years. And one time you said something, Betsy, that'll stick with me. And I I didn't tell you this. I was going to mention I was going to say it. But we were talking many years ago. And you said, my husband and I had a talk. And I told him that no matter what happened in life, that we would not scream at each other that there was no place for that in our relationship and that we can have a discussion, but there, there would not be any of that kind of activity because our relationship's too strong and special and sacred for that. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing you tremendously. And I, I don't know why I never forgot that. And I said to myself, that is how I feel. I'm a very sensitive person. And that really just, it hurts me at the core. And Ryan and I do not scream either. And obviously, some of the things that you've done, a 33-year marriage, um, shows that it works. So so that's the essential element. One of them I took from you many years ago. What other essential elements do you think are involved in a really good, healthy, strong marriage? Well, I, I think when it comes to me and George, it's communication and this honor and respect So what I mean about that, and they all go together, um, I think, you know, you got to be on the same page, not on everything, but if you're not in agreement on something, you got to give your partner room to be who they are, um, even to do things separately, but also have an agreement about where you do come together. Like um, very early on in our relationship, even with children, we always made time to have a getaway. Every year, we would even hire somebody to stay with our kids. We didn't rely just on my parents. We had a date night every week so that we could talk and get our priorities straight. I think that's really, really important. Um, And maybe the most important thing I would say is we are always anticipating what the what would be necessary for the other to be happier. Um, that's that's what love is. Uh, you know, to understand your partner enough to know how to keep surprising them in ways that they'll be so happy. Like you know, to see things that need to be done that you could do to help the other person out, or to anticipate you know, when they're going to be under a lot of stress, how you could help out, how, what you could do. Um, you know, we've always been good. We've been courteous and kind. We, we treat each other better than family <laughs> or we're the most important other person to each other. So, um, 
I guess that's what I would say. You got to take care of the relationship. I don't think it's been work because it works so well for me. The best decision I ever made was to marry this guy. And when I almost lost him, oh my God, I couldn't talk to him for, for over two weeks. And you know, Lori, that's, um, when I think about the hardest part of, of what we've been through with his cardiac arrest and brain injury and his recovery is those weeks when there were no phone calls, nobody to talk to at the end of the day, nobody to hug, nobody to kiss. Yeah, well, I could kiss him, but he was laying there in the bed with all these tubes and everything. Um, you know, no text messages, nothing for a long time. And even when he was starting to be able to talk, still, he couldn't call me. I think we went six weeks without a phone call. And the day he called me, his <laughs> that was just like so wonderful. Um, the day when he, he was able to actually have a conversation with me, I was, you know, we take these things for granted, I think, even in our relationship where we don't take each other for granted. Um, that's, that's a major error, I think, that can happen in marriage that you forget to spend time with the other person to really care what they think. And, and, and then I'll say one more thing, sex, that's really important too. <laughs> oh yeah, that. <laughs> Well, you know what, though, a lot of people, and as a coach, a lot of people, you know, these relationships will really make or break your happiness. And I've had a lot of women come to me and, you know, say, well, you know, my sex life is awful. I don't know what to do about it. You know, well, maybe you need to talk about it. Maybe you just need to try, you know, people who stop having sex, they're usually in trouble. So anybody out there listening, you know, take care of your relationship. And the physical part can be so much fun. So don't miss that part. Well, yeah. And I I know how people can get into a rut for several different reasons. But, you know, Ryan and I always say we have to bring it. He goes, bring it. (laughs) We have to bring it (laughs) every day. Now, we have only been married for three months. We've been together. We'll be five years. Um, And, but, you know, nothing much changed because we were older. I mean, I'm older. He's much younger than me, but he's still older and Mm -hmm. um, been married one time before. So not a lot did change, Um, but it's going to come as we continue on. As a matter of fact, we're dealing with some things right now that we, you know, are, are talking about in terms of the future. So, you know, I really hear what you're saying. I can't imagine what it would be like to not talk to him for even a day. And you don't get that until you experience it. But I'm really trying to, to empathize and feel what you must have felt. And that's like unimaginable to me, to uh, uh, the emotions that you could feel while going through something like not being able to talk to the person and all the things that go around that. I mean, you have your business, you have the kids, you have the pets, you have life stuff, all kinds of other stuff coming in. And and you're really on a lonely trail for a while doing it yourself. And that feels totally different than what you've been used to for 33 years. Right, right. And, you know, it was kind of interesting. We started with a long distance relationship. I didn't mention that. We, we had about five years of long distance before we finally got married. So it was almost like going back to that old um 
that old way where we wrote letters to each other or we talked once a week on the phone. Can you believe that? We saw each other once a year because we were wow. we were poor then. Um, um, I should also mention, though, because we are so close as a couple, when George was even in a coma, when he was in a coma, um, he would communicate me, to me in dreams almost every night. And if I just stopped and got real silent, I could get all sorts of information from him psychically, um, which was always, you know, it kept me having faith in his healing. And thank God I didn't Google what he'd been through because I, it was grim. It was so, yeah. I, I, he is 1%, only 1% of the people that go through what George went through survived to go home to have some sort of life with their family. And uh, he's, he's almost completely recovered. So I'm, I'm very grateful, but I, I found that very interesting. So I challenge everybody to, uh, to get your psychic communication going in case anything like this ever happens, you'll still be able to talk to them. <laughs> so you're telling me you, when you say it came in dreams, they were not yeah. sleeping dreams. I take it. Cause you said you had to get focused. So we're, so were you having these dreams sort of in a meditative state? Well, it, it, at night. So when I would go back from the hospital and go to bed at night, um, mm -hmm. a lot of times I would wake up in the middle of the night. I'd look at the clock and it would say one twelve, and his number is twelve. That was always his mm -hmm. sports. So was Ryan. <gasps> so was so, Ryan. Oh so my I gosh! Would, wow. You know, okay. And then I'd go back to sleep because I'd be like, okay, that's just a coincidence. I go back, and that next thing I'd wake up, it was three twelve. I'm like, okay, you're there, aren't you? Because that was when things were really grim. And then um, I would have dreams. Um, where he would just be in the dream and he, he would talk to me or something. But then aside from that, I would just be with him and I could close my eyes and just really quiet and ask yes, no questions and get the answers to those so that I knew um, what was going on with him. And, and the answers were correct. I didn't know at the time. I, but you can't, you can't do the psychic thing if you're in a place of fear. So I would do that after I had tapped. So I was in like a neutral state. Um, so anyway, little nuance about psychic communication. Well, that is very cool because I know that, you know, I have had um, dreams where I swore. You know, here's what I often wonder. I often wonder what is the difference between having a dream that is just caused by life issues going on and it's just a dream versus a dream that seems to be more. I don't, I don't know. I see what the difference is. I just don't really know, you know, what's what, I mean, has there been any kind of, of information that you've ever gotten that where, you know, the difference between somebody's trying to tell me something versus just a dream of mishmash of stuff that is happening and it just shows up some weird way and it's not, doesn't mean much of anything. Well, I think um, every dream has information to tell you. Um, oh. I think you just have to ask, like uh, you ask what, what was the predominant image or person in the dream? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and think about your greatest wish and your greatest fear and how, how, how did that, how does that image in the dream or that person represent, either of those because um, sometimes there's metaphor there to pick up on sometimes it, it just shows you what's at the top of mind 
and it gives you um, information that you can tap on. You know, this is bugging me. I processed mm-hmm. a little during my sleep. Maybe there's something left over. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, because I had a dream, and I to this day, my mother died in November of 1998, and I was having more intense uh, dreams in the first three years. And I had a dream that she came into my room here, where I still live here now, and I, I am sure she was there. And I pulled myself up off my bed, and I hurried, tried to open my eyes, and she clo- she was looking at me, and then she closed the door. And to this day, I remember that dream. And I often wonder, what is, it, you know, was that real, or was that just me thinking about my mom? That's what I often well, wonder. And so I would recommend that you check out a book called uh, Journey of Souls. Um, or Destiny of Souls um, by, let's see, by Newton. Um, let's see, I have the book okay. right here on my chest. Yes. Uh, Michael Newton, PhD. Um, because in his writing, he um, explains that often after somebody passes, um, you know, a daughter like you who loved her mother so much, she's going to be, you're going to be in a grief state. You're going to be depressed you're going to be really sad and the spirit of your mother has a hard time reaching you when you're in that sad lower vibrational state and um so your mother has a better chance of getting through to you while you're sleeping where when your guard's down when your brain gets a little more quiet and he recounts um some case some cases of people in their life between lifetimes so, you know, you might challenge your belief system with some of this stuff in Kelder's books, but these are actual um, uh, transcripts from sessions he did, regression sessions with wow. clients. Um, oh, about, I'd love that. Yeah, it's fascinating reading if you're interested about the journey of the soul. Um, so I, I often recommend those books to people who are grieving because they're saying, well, I, I'm not getting any information from my deceased loved one. They must be gone forever. They're not gone forever. They're kind of having trouble meeting you in the middle because you're so low. And you got to get mm-hmm. into that more state of gratitude, happiness, faith place for their frequency to come down to intersect with yours. Uh, so that, you, But oftentimes it's, it's while you're sleeping. And the same thing for deceased spouses. That's, that's often how they come in. And it'll be more intense at those early times because you're you're going to be in that lower state, recent you know when it's a recent death too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing information. So, journey of the souls, journey of that. souls, and destiny of, of souls. souls is the second book. Both books are worth reading. Fascinating. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That's wonderful. So, so uh, we're here with Betsy. Betsy, of course, I pronounce. Um, I say Mueller, but it's not. It's Mueller, but it's my Mueller. husband. So I don't take any offense. <laughs> okay, thank you. Betsy Muller. Um, we're with Betsy Muller, um, who is a practicing emotional freedom technique, a master uh, level. She teaches those who, she doesn't do it herself, but she teaches those who are going to get to the highest level. So we're discussing how EFT techniques can affect marriage and relationship. And we, um, we are now going to get into the relationship part again. So we talked about 
the good things that keep a marriage going, the real important special things um, that they do. And and obviously, you know, you change careers in the middle of your marriage. You you've done different things. So in order for a happy marriage to happen, I'm going to go on a limb <laughs> and say mm-hmm. that spouses may not necessarily agree, but when they see it's your passion. There's a support out there. And I'm not saying George didn't agree with you, you know, opening your own business, but there has to be some kind of, I want the other to follow their passion. I will be there to support them. Uh, do you feel that that's kind of the way the other partner has to look at it when, when their partner is going to make a big life change, like a career change? Yeah. I mean, when, when you love somebody, you want them to be happy. You can't be happy if they're not happy. I, you know, I, I guess maybe that, that sounds too simplistic. I, you know, when I wanted to to leave the working world and start my own business, my husband was so supportive. And, you know, I went off into a way different tangent. I think many marriages might not have been able to survive it, but we were pretty strong. And in the same way, I well, he was um, struggling. He, he worked for the Cleveland Browns and I saw what it was doing to his health and his stress level and how he was putting longer and longer hours in. And, you know, I'm the one that's responsible for the finances and the, the savings and stuff in our family. I, we looked at our financial situation, went to the financial planner and I, I said to him, I said, you know, your job is killing you it looks like we have enough money that you could retire and do something else. (laughs) And uh, the financial planner verified it. We made some assumptions about what we thought we needed to live to be a hundred. So we Mm -hmm. put that all together and I, I encouraged him. I said, you know, set yourself free. And, and so he left that job and he coaches lacrosse for the Strongsville high school now. And uh, it's not a big bucks job, but we planned, you know, we, we planned from the very beginning. I think that's one of those things that couples need to get agreements about too, is finances, money. Um, but we're on the same page with that. Well, that's hugely important. I mean, you know, from everything that you read about marriage, finances is one of the top, top things. So, so if you don't agree about that, we, we're going to mention some of the things that are issues for couples or mistakes they make is not talking these things through um, before marriage, actually. So what are some other things that people need to be aware of or make sure they don't make those mistakes in marriage besides good communication, finances? What else do you have out there on that? I, I think, you know, if you start feeling sorry for yourself about stuff or you feel hurt about something, but you don't say anything, that can be a problem. If, if you find yourself blaming your partner for things that aren't happening in your life, and, you know, I think we all have to step away and say, well, what part of this do I take responsibility for? We have to talk with our partner. If there's something we need that we're not getting, we need to have a talk about that. If we need more freedom, We need to talk about that. If we're not on the same page about how money's being spent or the budget or who manages the money or who pays the bills, there needs to be a conversation. Um, And I I think that all comes back to what your expectations are for marriage. And they're going to change over the years because everything's, you know, it's going to be completely different when you have little babies and little toddlers walking around. And then someday you're both managing 
belligerent teenagers (laughs) 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 crash your car or something, you know, that's a completely different situation. Um, One of the the resources I would recommend to anybody that wants to improve their marriage, I recommend it all the time, is a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's really important to find out uh, through this book how how your partner sees the world and what your partner needs from you to feel loved. And, you know, some people, they need physical affection. Other people need gifts. Other people need acts of love. Like, you know, someone cleans the cat litter. That's an act of love. Mm-hmm. For some, oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, we don't uh, want, we don't want, we don't want Violet, you know, not yeah. in a good or cleanest environment. That's her yeah. cat, by the way, folks. Uh, or uh, <laughs> let's see, words of love, you know, that mm-hmm. some people, in order to feel loved, they have to hear it over and over again. And, you know, I think everybody can look at their marriage in, in a new way once they read this book. Uh, one of the things that helped me recognize is that my husband speaks all the languages really well. I am so lucky. And I think, you know, I try to do it, too. I, it, it challenges all of us to be better at communicating how we love based on what the other person needs. Uh, so we're all wired a little bit differently. And um, another thing I think that we all could benefit knowing is what, how does your partner, um, what kind of sense uh, are they um, kinesthetic? Are they auditory? Are they visual? I mean, most guys are kind of visual anyway, but um, to give you an example, my husband's really visual because he's an artist, graphic designer, marketing person. And what I was able to discover um, when I went to a seminar by Donna Eden and David Feinstein, the energies of love, they said, you know, if you can really pay attention to how your partner responds, you can like you can gain more power in the relationship. I'm just saying this quietly. So the other part <laughs> here. Um, so I found out that since my husband is so visual, I can make him melt by looking him in the eye a certain way. I, he just like, he would say yes to anything, I think, except I would never do that to him. But um, if I can lock him in a, a really strong gaze, you can just see him uh, silently saying, whatever you want, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. And he can't say anything right now because you're on the radio. So <laughs> Yeah, he's at therapy right now. So he's oh, Okay, he's not yeah. seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, that's really, really cool information. Um, this Five Love Languages is amazing. Um you just the book constantly comes up in conversation. So for our folks who haven't read it, um, as Betsy says, really um, get that book too. Um, so couples coming, you know, into themselves, and you know they're through the honeymoon phase, let's say, and and they find there's some tension or whatever that might be. Um, you mentioned there's some. Um, to me before there's some quick energy balancing exercises. Like, so you're going to have a conversation and you want to, it might be a tough conversation. You want to prepare for it the best way possible, or you're feeling a little tense with your partner. Um, can you tell us about some of the quick energy balancing exercises people can do? Okay. So, so, um, one of the first ones is just a hug. If you hug and you hold a hug for a good 30 seconds or so, you both get a, a dose of oxytocin 
which is a powerful uplifting hormone. Um, now the guys might take it the wrong way sometimes and jump on you <laughs> from there. So, so you have to have right, right. what the hug's about, but that, that can be very positive. You know, kissing every now and then would be very good too. Now, um, if you've been in an argument, one of my favorite techniques is from Donna Eden and David Feinstein's energy of love. And it's, you, um, you go up to your partner and you, you grab them on the shoulder and you take your hand down their back to their opposite hip. And then you, so you make an X actually, you go one direction and then you, you put your hand on the opposite shoulder and go down the back. So you're making a crisscross across their back. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds really easy and like, so what? Uh, the other person will tell you it feels fabulous. It, it, mm-hmm. it connects the right left energies of their body. It's kind of like a, a little massage. So you can, you know, use your fingernails or just use your hand. And what I've discovered too, animals love it. So I, I do that on my animals when they're hanging around and they just like, they come and just stand there and want me to do it more and more. You can do it to yourself to see how it feels like by grabbing your shoulder in the front and going across the front of your body from mm. one shoulder to the opposite hip. And uh, there's something about it that's calming. So it's a good thing to do with your partner before you have to have a difficult conversation. It kind of gets you in sync with one another. It takes down your guard a little bit. So give it a try. And I then find out, find out if your car- partner is uh, auditory, visual, or kinesthetic. So, so auditory would be you might whisper in their ear. Um, you don't scream if they're auditory, right? <laughs> they don't, I don't think they like that. Um, but they they can be entranced by your voice. And kinesthetic is about touch. If they're really touchy-feely people, the hug and that X on the back will enhance their ability to engage positively with you. You know, that's interesting. Ryan is very kinesthetic, and we do massaging every single day on some level. And I said, I know no couples who do what we do. We don't know how it happened. We don't know. I've never had that with anyone, either is he. And it's the most unbelievable thing. Now I'm completely spoiled because I almost can't stand it if I don't have some even mini massage every single day. But you know what? It it works for us. And I... I think so. I, I always say, I think so many couples, if they just did even a little of this, the connection that you make and how it distresses you, it's um, it just saves me. I, I can't even explain how wonderful it is. Yeah. Well, good for you, Lori. You guys are off to a great start. You figured it out. You figured out that's how it works for you guys. Well, but I can't. I can't wait to try the the what you just said, though. I think that's especially with the talks we have to have lately about, you know, certain things that are going to happen in our future. I think um, anybody could do that. They're so easy. Like you said, the long hug and, and the back one is simple. And I can imagine how that would feel so good. Call me. Yeah. And I mean, you can sneak up to them while they're doing the dishes. We want to encourage that. Right. And you can just go <laughs> on their back. I mean, it's a nice way to thank somebody and, and to mess with their energy in a positive way. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, so 
since we're talking about having tough conversations, um, when you talk about preparing, if you can prepare for a crisis, obviously, if you're going to talk, you can do some of the energy exercises. Um, while we're on that topic, are there some other things that that people can do to prepare when, because crises do come up. This is just part of life. It's how you deal with them mentally, physically, spiritually, that, that can put you more at ease than you would have been. Do you have any other recommendations on how to, to prepare for crises that will eventually come up? Yeah, well, a lot of the ways that I'm going to recommend right now come from my awareness of just being through a horrible <laughs> crisis in our life. And, you know, I, I think what we're grateful for right now is that we saved regularly. We had a regular savings plan. And as I mentioned before, my husband was able to retire early in spite of that, that horrible thing, that event in June happened. But having money in the bank, you know, definitely made that easier for us. And having good insurance. I mean, everybody needs health insurance. If we had not had health insurance, that could have been a whole lot worse. And in today's world, I think, you know, we need to look at our insurance about what's going to happen when the worst things happen. Um, also, legal documents. We had a will. We had a durable power of attorney, which I had to take over, power of attorney. Um, we had um, a medical power of attorney for both of us. And so that's really important when something happens to your spouse. I had to take over everything, all the financial decision making, signing all these papers, um, everything. So, you know, if you don't have that in place, you can be really in trouble financially because you might not be able to, to move money around to help yourself. And um, I think, you know, talking about your dreams, wishes, and legacy. I mean, this is big stuff, but this is what you can talk about when you go out for dinner and have your date nights. Like, where do we want to be in five years? Where are the places that we haven't been yet that we want to go? How's that going to look? And, and uh, you know, what, are, what do you need to be physically happy? Or, you know, what's your favorite food that I make? And all those kind of things. <laughs> but, uh, and I, the one last thing is I've become aware of travel insurance. You know, I always thought, oh, that's just an extra thing you pay for. And, and uh, you know, if we would have had travel insurance when my husband had his big event, all those medical bills would have been picked up, believe it or not. And the transport, because we were out of town, how expensive it is to transport a person back home. Um, and those fairly inexpensive travel policies um, include those things. Plus it gives you the option of canceling if there's a hurricane or if someone in your family has a medical crisis. Um, you know, I have a whole new understanding and you can get travel insurance even when you take a driving vacation. If you've booked hotels, um, if you have certain expenses involved in the vacation with reservations, um, I highly recommend it. And it's very inexpensive. Your travel agent or you can get it on your own online. So that's my two cents. <laughs> well, great. And, you know, these practical things should be worked out. And then, you, like you said, go on date nights and enjoy and connect and all that. You know, sometimes bringing up those kind of things will make a guy, if a woman's doing it from a guy not wanting to do date night, if he knows, it's going to be always this serious kind of stuff. So sometimes you just got to do that at the right timing and mm -hmm. you have to set time, time for it, you know, at some point in the day, um, but not necessarily on your romantic 
night out probably. Right. All right. Well, you could talk about your bucket list and your dreams on your dates, but yeah, finances, I think you need a family meeting or something a little more formal for that. And, you know, having a financial advisor, a financial planner, I think has been really good for us as a couple too, because we both go, we sit down with them. You know, we talk about what the options are and, you know, we've always had a plan for saving and investing and, you know, so we're both on the same page, but we have kind of a mediator when we go to do that. Mm -hmm. And, so, so we, we understand what we're making decisions on and we get sure. professional advice. I, I think everybody should have a financial planner. Um, and you know, you gotta have somebody to trust to do those kind of things. Same with an attorney to do your, your legal documents too. It's not necessarily expensive to do these things either. I think they're money well spent. Right. Very, very true. So as we're wrapping up today, we're getting very close to the end of our time. Um, would like to just um, end up with one more one more question, then we just want to go over real, um, I don't want to take your time away from um, being able to talk about how we can find you. So, so uh-huh. let's end up with um, the one word, uh, what one word represents the most important advice you'd give a couple? That word is honor. And it's in a lot of marriage ceremonies. Honor really is the ability to to look at that other person as a spiritual being and someone who has hopes and dreams and a passion and a reason to be alive and to be a partner for that person who doesn't hold that other back but allows the expression of that soul in the world. And to also see the partnership, that honoring of partnership as being uh, a way to even enhance that expression of the soul. Because, you know, that's why we get married. That's why we partner up. We make we make life easier for both of us. We give ourselves space this way to be the amazing soul that we are, to change the world. So that's my word. What do well, you think? thank you. Thank you. I think it's a <laughs> phenomenal word. And, and I want to make sure people know how to find you. So obviously, we talked about where all the videos are, which are at neohiobizbiztvshows.com. And to find Betsy, M-U-L-L-E-R. And what else would you like to tell our folks, Betsy, about how to find you? Well, um, they can find my book, Energy Makeover, on Amazon.com. The book's been out for about five years, but actually the book has the five Tibetan exercises. It talks about EFT. It has some EFT scripts in it. Uh, Scripts aren't the greatest, but they're a great way to get started with EFT. Um, Also, Facebook. I'm very active there. My business page on Facebook is Create and Connect Brilliantly. And... uh, Let's see, if you want to hang out with me in person, um, there's, uh, if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash EFT with Betsy, you can keep up with the trainings that I'm doing, um, my level one and level two emotional freedom techniques for practitioners. And if you're interested in being certified as an EFT practitioner, I am able to do that now too, as well as uh, talk with people about private um, emotional freedom technique sessions. And I do those by phone uh, webinar and in person in my office. So there are several options for that. 
Okay. Wonderful, Betsy. Wonderful to have you. So remember, go to create and connect brilliantly. You can do that at .com or you can find her on Facebook, create and connect brilliantly. So uh, Betsy, I'm going to have a hard time saying your name, the the new way that I've said it for all these years. Sorry, Betsy Mueller, but it's really pronounced Muller. Muller, Muller, Betsy Muller. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us and talking to us about relationships and emotional freedom techniques. It's been wonderful to have you. Well, thank you so much, Lori. And I look forward to seeing you in the real world and meeting me. Your too. <laughs> I do too. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. Check out my book, Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness in paperback and Kindle at Amazon.com or find out more about what's going on in the happiness and relationships world at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. See you next time. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net. www.happinesshangout.net. Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout-out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.